raise a family, that they have some of the same opportunities that me and my wife. You agreed that they are, we need to see them as a terrorist organization. On a private cloud server, yes or no? To love country, to love God, and to try to do the right thing. Worked for the nation and the interests of the people. Welcome back to the Fresh Freedom Podcast, your podcast with the freedom-loving freshman members of Congress. I'm Eric Burleson from Missouri, and I'm joined by Josh Burkeen from Oklahoma, Eli Crane from Arizona, and our special guest, Michael Cloud from the great state of Texas. Welcome to the Thank Fresh you. Freedom Podcast. And I appreciate you acknowledging the great state of Texas. <laughs> that was... Uh, <laughs> It's, man it's, wonderful. it's mandatory. It is yeah. mandatory, and I've been trying to get the rest of Congress to understand that, but uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I think Texans nationally have been doing that ever since I was born, uh, probably long before I was born. You know, I mean, you guys are pretty proud of pretty being Texans. Pretty proud of your state. Yes. yes. I think they're big stuff. And yeah. as I got older, <laughs> as I got older, I tend, like to, I tend to agree with you guys. <laughs> 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 he just reclassified Oklahoma as North Texas. Texas. hat, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> So to start it off, just kind of give us an idea. How in the world did you get here? Like, what's your background, yeah. and and what what caused you to have the crazy idea to run for Congress? Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. You know, this wasn't on my radar when I was growing up. Uh, I remember you know, my parents good citizens, but I don't even remember having a, like a political sign in our yard growing up. You know, they would vote and try to live as Americans, and they always grew up very proud of our country and those kind of things. My dad built nuclear attack submarines for part of my growing up, you know, so, really? you know, always around military, my grandparents yeah. served, you know, just typical uh, American home, but this wasn't exactly like on the radar of things that mm -hmm. happened, you know, and so uh, I, I went to college, came out of college, went to work at a church, I actually loved what I was doing, but as a... Yeah, I, was, I was on pastoral staff. I was the okay. communications media director. We were young adult pastors for a while. Wow. It was a growing church, so your roles kind of shift and change. That must be a church to have a communications full director <laughs> job. Well, it was for, yeah, it was a pretty large church, you know, especially for a smaller community. Um, but, uh, you know, serving for a while on, on church, you just loved what we were doing, helping people every single day, but then my heart kept getting pulled for where I saw our country headed. Mm -hmm. um, and then just wanted to get involved, so I started to volunteer locally. Uh, that ended up leading to me becoming the, the county chair of the political party oh, locally yeah. in, in our county and did that for a few years. All volunteer work. Local you know? Democrat Party? No, no. <laughs> <that> would... <laughs> you, did, you just said local You're the party. one wearing blue. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it went well with the suit, man. Come on. Wow, wow. I, I guess we got a little <laughs> mess. <laughs> that, that's got to be a tough job being the part, state party chair, right? It, it was a county party. Okay. But, and then I, and I got involved with young Republicans, ended up being a liaison to our state party, got involved a little bit. That, I mean, all grassroots. And then somebody finally said, you know, we think you should run for Congress. And you're like, you, you know, that sounds like an other people's kind of thing. But the short story is my wife and I prayed about it and really we felt like it was something we were supposed to do. And, you know, for, for my face, really important to, to myself, my family. And it's one of those, if you think you're supposed to do it, you kind of don't have a choice, you know. Yeah. And, and so we, we ran uh, we had four elections across eight months. Uh, really? Had, yeah. Wait, no, why, so why four elections? We, we had a primary, primary runoff, uh, and then in that time the seat became vacant, and so we had a special election in between the runoff in which we had a nine-way 
So it became election. So you replaced Ron Paul, right? Uh, Ron Paul was a my former congressman, but then the district got uh, redistricted. Okay. So wow. ended up uh, uh, having those four elections and ended up serving. So you went from no office holding whatsoever to becoming a member of Congress. Well, from grassroots volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. To that's a that's a pretty incredible uh, step. It really is. And then then the Freedom Caucus. And then the Freedom Caucus, yeah. What drew you into the Freedom Caucus? Like, you know, from... He, he was lost, man. He just stumbled in. He stumbled <laughs> in the wrong building. Is the food. What's going they had, on here? They had, they had I smell pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember getting a, a call. I was on the campaign, uh, and Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan had called me and kind of like, hey, what do you think of the Freedom Caucus? And I, I knew, well, you know... My heart was aligned with what was going on, but I didn't. I remember them, you know, saying, "Hey, what do you think about the Freedom Caucus? Thinking you'd be interested?" And I'm kind of like, you know, this asked him get married on the first date. You know, it's like, what does that mean and everything? Right. And they said, "We're just looking for people who believe in the Constitution, who are willing to take take tough stands when necessary uh, to to move this country in in the right direction." Um, and you know, when I got here, it was it was awesome because there's a lot of conversations that were happening on the Hill, and uh, you know, we've all been to those meetings where... What year, Michael, did you come in? 2018, yeah. So Meadows is re somewhat recruiting you. He immediately, soon after, becomes chief of staff for President Trump, so... Yeah, we served together for a little while, yeah. and then he became, yeah, chief of staff for President Trump. Left us here alone. No, <laughs> no did a great job. And, uh, yeah, so ended up in the Freedom Caucus, and, and what was awesome to me was you, you'd have, uh, you, you'd you go to some meetings and there'd be, you know, the, the $50 steaks and talk about fundraising, and then you'd come here and it was pizza and we're trying to process things over the Constitution, yeah, you know, and, and you might even difference. have disagreement on it, but it was always from the, what's the best thing for the country, what's the Constitution say, and, and where the conversation always started in the framework where the conversation moved around was exactly where it should be. And, and so, it, you know, it's just awesome to be able to serve with people like that. And a yeah. prayer. And pretty, prayer. Pretty consistent group to start off with a prayer, even though sometimes it's a very small, uh, <laughs> short prayer. Somebody's guilty of... He didn't like my dinner prayer. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because you said something, Michael. You said, um, and this is a theme I've noticed up here, you, you and your wife felt like God was calling you, right? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the... the a big theme in that movie that just came out this yeah. last weekend, Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel, yeah. that we went and saw. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen that movie, yeah, I, I highly it. suggest you go watch it yeah. or, you know, recommend it to yeah. a friend because it's... Uh, Tim um, uh, Ballard. 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 Yeah. I had a chance to visit with him. Um, actually, you and I were and in the same room. And Jim Caviezel. Yeah. And uh, there's kind of conversation taking place where he's maybe willing to come before the Homeland Security Committee with us and... And uh, so we'll see what happens with the schedule. I'm sure he's become a very big deal <laughs> in short time frame. So I, but I, I hope, uh, I know Chairman Green's talked to him. So maybe he'll come before. It was pretty, pretty awesome at beat Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was impactful. We, we went with our family on 4th of July and took our teens. And, you know, you, it's pretty intense topic, but uh, so good to see that. I mean, they handled it very well. Yeah. Uh, the, well the it's topic a movie from, that you feel like you need to see. And it really, you can't walk away without being changed. Oh, exactly. But it's yeah. also not a movie that I'm going to like add to my 
list of regular go-tos, you know. Like, it's, 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 it's like not a fun movie the, because yeah. it's a true story. It's not yeah. fun to watch. It's, it's like Passion of the Cross. The Jim Caviezel, you watch it one time and you're like, wow. No, it's not going to be in there with Big Lebowski for me or Dodgeball. But it is, it's something I think every Christian should watch. So, well, I, I appreciate your faith and the leadership that you have in that regard. Um, tell us about the other leadership aspect that you have within Freedom Caucus. You are one of the, one of our designees on appropriations. How did you get there? And now that you're there, tell us about the strategies, what, what goes into effect. Right. Well, you know, what, what Americans saw at home was kind of dubbed a speaker fight that was really a six, seven month process of us trying to change the rules. We knew very likely that we would have the majority coming into it. And so there's this conversation leading into this term about who are we going to be? Uh, we need to change the culture of this place. We need to change how this place operates. So much of what our, our job had become uh, was perfunctory. No, there's a word he used today that I had to look up. Uh, I'd heard it too many times. So. So, so much of what we did was just, uh, you know, when you would go home and tell members, like, we have not been able to offer an amendment on the House floor on a bill for years, like since I've been in Congress and years before that, I mean, that's stuff they would assume we'd had the authority to do and the ability to do. Uh, and so we needed a change at how this place works. Uh, and you know, we're all you know, part of that. And, and so coming out of that, there was also an understanding with where we are in our conference. And it's a much better, healthier process to have all the voices on the front end than a bill designed in a closet somewhere, thrown in front, and then everybody asks, hey, we're you, voting on this. And you either you, take we, it or you we don't. We need your vote on it, you know? And, yeah. And, and so there was an understanding that we needed that to happen. Uh, and, and so somehow I got the short straw. <laughs> to, to yeah, because I, whenever I was, whenever they're talking about what committees do you want to be on, many people said, if you're conservative, you don't want to be on appropriations because yeah, you'll exactly. take a lot of bad votes. But yeah. given that you're not alone, has it changed the dynamic in appropriations? Has it seems so. I mean, obviously, I wasn't on a probes before, but I was really concerned about that. I was kind of like, you know, if we 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 can't just complain about the problem and say, well, there's no conservative voices on a probes, but I don't want to be, you know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm I felt like a missionary to a probes in a sense, but really, it's 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 been a good process and part of this kind of what I call rewriting the muscle memory of Congress in this term. So we're doing it kind of as a conference. Uh, it has some bumps along the road, but uh, we're doing it uh, in large part kind of rewriting how co Congress works, but also rewriting how, how the probes committee works. Uh, and just just to kind of explain one difference, maybe, you know, in the past, we would talk about what a conservative win on a spending bill was. And, and that was kind of like, well, if we bring the levels from here to here, that's a conservative win. On, on spending and we'd all, yeah, we accomplished something. And, and that's true, that's part of it, but we're funding a lot of evil. We're taking taxpayer dollars that's going through this government and it's just going out all over the world to fund pure evil. And so just to think from approaching this from a policy standpoint, why don't we let that first comb be, let's go through this and just defund evil. Michael, can uh, you give our viewers a, just a couple examples off the top of when you say we're taking your taxpayer dollars and funding evil around the world? Oh, yeah. Literally, we have funded drag shows in other countries. Yes. Uh, we we fund, I, I remember one of the most eye-opening conversations I had uh, 
was, I've been a member for about three months and an ambassador sitting in my office comes in, shakes the hand and, you know, I was like, just want to thank you for the support your country gives to our country and really appreciate it. And then we got to talk for a little while and he said, let me take off my ambassador hat for a moment. He said, every dollar you send, our, he said, I'm a Christian, we, we have a Christian country. Every dollar you send to our country goes to undermine Christian values and family values in our country. And so right now, wow. really, because of all the strings that are attached to the it? strings that are attached wow. to it. And right. so if you look at what's going on in our state, is this South America? I'm going to for. Right. I got yeah. it. <laughs> I've heard about this, that the, because I've the heard Biden from a, policy, a few ambassadors, though, from from uh, across the world, because the Biden know. policy says you can't accept these funds unless you allow Planned Parenthood. The, the allow... strings. Yes, exactly. And the strings that are attached to it. So imagine you're another country who's not as prosperous as we are. And you're looking at the choice between, OK, I don't want to embrace communism, but I have China who's willing to pay for roads and bridges or U.S., who historically has been a free country that's promoted freedom, liberty, ideals that we want to embrace, but what we have, you know, you got roads and bridges on this side and yeah. uh, let's fly the, the pride flag uh, yeah. Yeah. over here. Or the drag or, queen or that story hour that, that, or the right. pride or, parades that are or taking Planned place. Parenthood or those kind of things. And so that's, that's the choice we're leaving a lot of countries these now from a foreign policy perspective. And, you know, so going through approach bills kind of with that mindset of not only you know, and a lot of, of course, the line, I, one of the big things we're working on right now is getting in transparency into it because a lot of the nefarious spending is coming in the grant writing process. So the line item is very clean and nefarious, but then the person in a cubicle somewhere, the bureaucrat in an office who's actually saying a million dollars goes here, a million dollars goes there, uh, is making a decision with very little transparency or accountability as to where that money goes. Uh, and for but, us, even as members of Congress, getting eyes on that, it's very, very difficult. But it's also so you're keeping eyes on change that. You're, you're keeping eyes on where the Constitution is being violated. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, point to the place there where I think Madison said, point to the place uh, in the Constitution where it gives any, us the ability to do benevolence. And Madison, I'm paraphrasing the Madison quote, but he said, point to it. Show me the place where we can be benevolent. And, you know, he, he's talking about the, the specified powers, those 18 enumerated powers. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, even money we're giving to other countries point to some place in the Constitution where we have the authority to do that. So, so to have somebody that not only is coming at it from a biblical worldview, but also a constitutional worldview. Um, how, about, how about even a common sense point of view? Or common I mean, sense. We, yeah, <laughs> right? All that's true, but we can't even afford it. And this is one of the tough conversations I have to have sometimes in my district, you know, with folks that want funding for infrastructure and it's like and yet we we have 32 trillion dollars in debt yeah. by january 2025 mm -hmm. it'll be what 36 trillion at least and we're we yet we're sending billions of dollars out the door to other countries to pay for their infrastructure this that and the other thing and americans are like what what about what about our infrastructure what about our security exactly what about our economy and that's, I think that's one of the sickest place yep. things about this entire place is that America first lens is not put in between everything that we look at. You know, the, the common, uh, for 20 years, at least as, as far as from a distance, when I worked for Tom Coburn almost 20 years ago, I, I never sat in a committee room and... Uh, and uh, it, was, it was Barack Obama, who was the United States Senator. I'm just a you know a staffer, and I'm sitting here, and, and Barack Obama was saying, well, "Let's just you know talking about foreign uh, spending." He said, "It's just one percent of our budget." We were at three trillion spend then. That was the annual budget. People say now it's just one percent. 
We have doubled. We are $6.2 trillion spend country. So 1% is pretty sizable. So we just got back from our 4th of July two-week break. You look more tan. Uh, I've, I've been doing a lot of landscaping. My Jumping off lawnmower or uh, four-wheelers, too. Yes. Did oh, you like um, that video? Did I, you see I, that? I sent you a text. I said, I hope you didn't hit your house. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. So, I saw the four-wheeler, and I wanted to know where the four-wheeler go <laughs> So we'll have to show the video to you guys. <laughs> Plug. Cue <laughs> the video. <laughs> American independence has given more people economic opportunity and liberty than any nation ever before. So for this 4th of July, let's celebrate. Shoot some fireworks. Or something else. Enjoy some great outdoor food. But most importantly, be unapologetically proud of the greatest, freest nation on earth. <laughs> you must have drank a lot of Bud Light before you made it. Did you see it? What did you think? It was, it was, it was interesting. It was good. I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that you, know, I'm glad that you were, uh, you know, being unconventional. Yeah. Dude, it was like Lone Look, Ranger without the white horse. It was—I so, mean—you just came off that sucker. I so mean. the in the video, I, it begins. I can't describe it. I can't describe it. it <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't describe it. So, it's just America. I mean, it's so like, yeah. it's like a video that yeah. just celebrates America. Yeah. The theme Olympian, of it is, think Olympian athlete. When you've got all these, you yeah. know, crazy woke liberals who want to be ashamed of America and ashamed of this nation, it's like, are you kidding me? We're the freest nation in the history of the planet. Like we, we're a nation where people sought opportunity and freedom. More people have economic opportunity than ever before because of the United States of America. Not just here, but mm -hmm. we inspire other nations as well. So we shouldn't be ashamed of that. Let's celebrate it. Oh, and yeah. so that's what my video, and I unabashedly celebrate in the video. Yeah. <laughs> how, how was your Fourth of July? It, it was good. I mean, I got to spend time with family, but I'll be honest, man. I have I struggle on days like the 4th of July. Like, I struggle mm -hmm. to celebrate when I see where we're at. I just, you know, and maybe that's something wrong with me, but I just, I feel like we don't have a lot of them left because of our foolishness, our stupidity, and our our wickedness. That's what you hear, though, right? To find. Yeah, you know, and so the 4th of July for me is, it's, all, it's, always, a, it's always a tough day just because I feel like, we're blowing it. We're destroying it. And because of that, this isn't going to be the given that it all that it that it should be. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. For my kids and yeah. for your kids, yep. you know. That's to say I had that thought too. I mean, from from a perspective of the day, it was great. We went to a veteran's thing that afternoon, that evening we were in small town Cuero, Texas. Uh, celebrating its 150th anniversary as a city. I mean, Americana, you know, the band playing patriotic tunes in the background. You're looking over the lake at the park. I mean, you know, everybody's there waving their flags and everything. I mean, pure Americana. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there going, like, this couldn't be any more perfect for a 4th of July. But, it, you know, I'm also sitting by my children going, you know, I hope they have this too. Yeah. And, and the, the assumptions that we grew up with and, you know, uh, as far as what America is and means and, and will be uh, as far as a light to the world going forward, yeah. you know, it can, they can't be taken for granted. They're not assumptions anymore. Yep. Uh, and, and to assume that they are would be to surmise our demise in a sense. Uh, and, and so we've got to, as Ronald Reagan 
it's often said, you know, every generation has, has to fight for it themselves. And so that's... The shining city on a hill can't advance darkness. I mean, that's, you, you, to be a shining city on the hill, you have to advance light. And Michael, that might be one of the reasons that Texas finally has to secede, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's actually Texas a, would be the state. <laughs> I mean, it would be, you know, and we might all have to go live there. Dude. I hope I hope that's not the case. But. I was actually in an event with the governor and he was starting to say if te Texas was its own state, would be the 10th largest economy. But yep. all he got out was his, Texas was its own and state. And in the back of the room, it was like, amen. <laughs> 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 So the other so, thing that happened since we went on Fourth of July break is that apparently there's cocaine in the White House. Oh yeah, yeah. How'd that get yeah. there? Yeah, that's weird, yeah. man. That's wild. It must oh. have just helicoptered helicoptered in, or a yeah. drone dropped it, or something. It's you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, if this if if you took this administration right here and you wrote it and you put it in like a Netflix series and you pitched oh, it yeah. around Hollywood, they'd be like, no way, nobody would believe that. It's just, I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. It's just like every single week, it's just like one Jeez. scandal. Yeah. And not just one scandal, but one like eye-opening, jaw-dropping yep. jaw scandal at a time. Yeah, because like you had the transgender person flashing their, their boobs. Yes. yes. And, then, um, and then this, like, all, like just yep. within and weeks cocaine of each in the White other. House. Yeah. Cocaine in the White House. And what's funny about the cocaine is it, it's like... The magic bullet from the JFK assassination, it, like, it has traveled. <laughs> it, like, it, was here, it, was it grew legs. Like, it, right. it, they found it first. It was in the library, it, right, with the Blue candlestick. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. the, <laughs> and then it was in the parlor, right? No, it was in yeah. the – then they said it was in a well-trafficked area, mm -hmm. frequently trafficked area. And then, then it ended up – I think the, the Secret Service says that it's – that it was outside of the ready room, that it was literally outside, which is not an area that that most staff go to. Who, who else was at the White House? Yeah. Who, who was there? Yeah. Was there a usual suspect there? Yeah. Well, and that's that you know. watch the media and like what they're, it, you know, we had a COVID origins <laughs> hearing today uh, and there were some scientists who who p helped publish the proximal origins thing who, you know, basically said that the lab leak theory couldn't, and it's one of those things where Americans are sitting at home going, that seems like the most plausible theory to me. I mean, right. it's like, yeah. it's like, the media's like, it could not be this. And Americans are going, I don't know, it seems the most plausible thing to me. You know? Yeah, so, that, like, you mean... Therefore, the, it can't be that. The virus, the virus didn't come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology and Coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just so happens that's the region. Yeah, the no, Occam's razor, you know. It's the, crazy. So, okay, rapid-fire questions, okay, just for everybody. It's in honor of 4th of July, who's your favorite founding father? Start with Josh. Washington, because of his ability to take his ambition and, and just get rid of it. And Washington was willing to walk away and had to be convinced to take a second term and only for love of his country. Um, and uh, he was a very moral man. Um, he... Um, if, if uh, you know, pride parades um, right in the executive order was just the opposite of what he did if you look at what he, how he uh, dealt with sexual immorality when he was uh, commander-in-chief. Um, and uh, Washington is the one who made the famous quote, 
of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would the man mm -hmm. claim the tribute of patriotism who would labor to subvert those great pillars of human happiness. Both reason and experience forbid us to expect that national morality will prevail in exclusion of religious principle. The founder of the founding father of our country, which the city is named after, um, he was saying you can't be you know, associated with the word patriot if you would to uh, take away our biblical underpinning, our biblical virtue. Mm -hmm. Okay, Michael, rapid fire. Rapid, <laughs> not, sorry. Not, rapid fire. Not well, Josh fire. I can do this rapidly because he said like 90% of what I would have said, uh, only much more eloquently. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's easy Washington uh, for that same reason, that same perspective. Uh, you know, I felt I feel like he had more of an understanding than many... You know, when you really look at his life, it sound, calling him the father of our country has almost become a cliche. But when you really look at what was going on in that time and really the fact that so much rested on him as an individual for us really to truly have a nation. And there were many founding fathers, that, but unlike anyone else, I mean, he was he he was such a unique individual in ensuring that this country was put on the right path. Uh, just an amazing, amazing figure in that regard. Uh, my, my answer would be the same as far as the individual, but maybe for a different reason. Because when you look at Washington and the fact that he led men into battle, not just led men into battle, but he led men into battle with against a much more superior trained force. Yeah. And as somebody who's you know gone into battle, I've gone into battle with the most elite unit where we usually um, have more firepower than than our opponents. And even then, it, it, you can get in sketchy situations. But the fact that he did it uh, uh, yeah, in yeah. such a small, untrained force when he, they weren't supposed to win just you know, shows me the amount of courage and perseverance he had. Have you seen the Appeal what? to Heaven flags? Yeah, yeah, I've got one outside my I have, office. I have one outside my office. What is it? Appeal to Heaven. So uh, yeah. according to history, Washington's cruisers. he actually yeah. paid for two, three, maybe four he, he ships out of his own that, personal, yeah. was it six? I think it was. Out of his own yeah. personal, because he was one of the wealthiest men in America at the time, and he hoisted that flag and appealed to heaven, basically saying, facing the greatest world empire, God without you, yeah. God without wow. you, this ship is sunk. So well, the flag the, that would be outside their offices was his flag that he flew appeal, yeah, and appealed to heaven. The, the story is pretty interesting. I don't know. But it's, it's that Washington was making reference to the fact that the king of England had marked the white pine trees in America right. as his property. That's right. So imagine like you have people that came all the way over here and then they you're you're told, hey, whatever you land you work, you don't even own it. The, yeah. the king still owns it. Yeah. And so they literally would house. mark <laughs> them for yeah. the king. And there's a lumberjack that was caught in western Pennsylvania harvesting white pines and the British garrison went to him or some troops went. The, the story is that he beat them up. And that happened right before the Boston Massacre and all of these other events. And th that, along with the phrase, the appeal to heaven, which comes from John Locke's second treatise on government, because Locke is basically saying when, when your country has wronged you, when your king has wronged you, who can you appeal to? There's no higher authority but God. You can only appeal to heaven. And so that was, that was a great... I mean, to your point, Washington was very philosophical to be making a reference to John Locke mm -hmm. and, and still inspiring people with the white pine tree, right? Yeah. But my favorite founding father is George Mason. Mm. 
I'm more and more become a friend. What's the trend? <laughs> Convention states, I, I think, maybe <laughs> potentially. Well, uh, I th the Bill five. of Rights. Yeah. You know, oh, the Bill right. of yeah, Rights. Like the, without him, we would not have the Second Amendment. We wouldn't have, you know, the First Amendment. We wouldn't have the Bill of Rights. And I think that he was the contrarian in the room when all those guys were in the room and they were creating this big masterful government. And you can imagine, he was the guy who was raising his hand saying, no, guys, I disagree. We, mm. I don't. I don't trust this government we're creating. And I'm glad that we had somebody like him in the room. Yeah. He also put forth yeah. Article 5, which the Convention of States movement is surrounding. And um, yeah. Josh, rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Fourth of July food? Hamburger. Hamburger. Cheeseburger. You said rapid fire. I gave you a quick okay. answer, yeah. and you come back to me. And he comes back to me. <laughs> You know, in South Texas, we actually have like enchiladas, you know, so uh, wow. uh, I'll say that just to not say hamburgers, which would have been a, a top choice as well. Wow, enchiladas. That doesn't sound patriotic. Well, hot, hot dog all the way, man. <laughs> hot dog. A brow, yeah. For me, it's a bratwurst. Actually, I, I think that the 4th of July merits having a hot dog and a hamburger on the same day. <laughs> you know, the yeah, same exactly. meal. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. I don't know if you can dismount a four-wheeler that fast if you have both. Yeah, that's right. Slow you down, man. Well, plug for your video. Yeah, Michael, yeah. thanks for joining us. We hope you'll come back and that uh, we didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. I don't know if this. <laughs> I don't know if this podcast will be around long enough for you to come back. Dude. Well, nobody watches it anyway. <laughs> Hi, mom. And, uh, <laughs> and with that, that's the last that we have for this fresh episode. Thank you again, uh, Michael, for joining us. And uh, if you like the show, hopefully you do. For the few of you that are watching. Please like and subscribe and share it with everyone that you know on social media. And with that, we will see you next time on the Fresh Freedom Podcast.